question is, who done it? Who done it, man? This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. <laughs> Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast on this Tuesday. Another great day of the week where work is happening and just all kinds of good things. You know, we hate the weekend. It's all about the week here. And we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about, don't we, Nate? Nate, yeah, the Sam, co-host of the show here. Sam and the live groups cracking me up. We've been talking about Posse Comitatus because Charlie watched Waco all night last night. And so we've been talking about whether or not you can have a military force inside of American soil. And apparently... Inside of the soil? Inside, just under the soil. Yeah. Like, underneath it. On top is fine. But right. what we're worried about is inside the soil. <laughs> and we haven't really done the, the soil samples yet to figure out whether or not there was, in fact, a military <laughs> taking place uh, when Waco happened in 1993. So <laughs> Sam said... The French... You asked for the French pronunciation. And, I um, did. He's... He also calls it comeostasis. <laughs> that's what we're in right now. So that's what we're in. We'll talk about Waco here in a minute. But yeah, Charlie, it's a good Tuesday. We've been trading all day. Actually still trading right now. Uh, still watching uh, SPXL for a short. If you guys are trading along with us while you're in this group, I'll just tell you. It's not advice on investment whatsoever. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And that's it. Don't do what I do. Okay. That is not my recommendation. I'll tell you guys when we get in. Okay, just don't tell the SEC. Don't tell. Don't tell them. All right. <laughs> so we got a big show lined up today because we've got some crazy stories. Charlie's got to tell us. Charlie's got to tell us about the COVID watch. What the numbers are looking at. If we can just get some more tests, then we won't have any more death afterwards. That's what I'm picking up so far from the media. Yes. Is that we need more tests. The problem with the coronavirus is testing. Yeah. People it, are dying because there's no testing. Yeah, see, my sister has coronavirus and luckily she got a test so there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Everything's fine. She's going to live. She went to the hospital, she got a test and that, everything's just been completely normal after that. Nothing to worry about anymore. Yeah. Other people are dying because they haven't been tested that's what it is. Fast enough, yeah. Because then you can get the proper medication that we've developed for coronavirus. If you just get tested soon enough, yes, you'll be able to get the medication. Isn't this what it sounds like the media is saying overall? It well, is. It's what I keep hearing. Anytime someone dies and they had to wait for a test, it's because they didn't get tested soon enough, which implies that they would have been started on treatment sooner in some kind of way. Guys, the problem with coronavirus is that there is no treatment. That's why we're worried about it, by the way. It's That's not, why it's an issue. It's not because of tests. It's not because we're not testing. It's because if you do have it, there is nothing that we can do. Uh, not just me and Charlie personally, but no one yeah. can do. And in fact, anytime Trump mentions doing completely common sense solutions like injecting your veins with bleach, they laugh at him, you know, and he's just trying to throw ideas out there, you know, so that it's, it's not as if we've got any type of remedies for this yet. But if you were to watch the media, and listen to what the politicians are saying. It just sounds like if you just would have been tested sooner, then you would have been started on uh, whatever Latin name there is for the coronavirus medication. You guys come up with a Latin <laughs> name for coronavirus medication. You guys know it's going to be something crazy. So come up with the co coronavirus medication name for us, and that's what you would be started on uh, whenever you test positive, apparently. That, that's just what's going to happen. 
Yeah, so, so we've got a lot to get to on a, on a short time frame here on this Tuesday afternoons. And look, um, before we do all that, though, we got, well, we're talking about COVID, obviously, coronavirus. We've got Posse Kamatata <laughs> with the Waco situation and how great the government is. Oh, they are just wonderful people that are just out to protect you. Throughout yeah. history, all we've seen is the American government protecting you. And so there's no reason to ever be afraid of them. I mean, they can roll up on tanks in your yard and it should be fine. Totally fine. They're, they're just, you know, they're not destroying your property or anything. They're just making sure that you don't have a place to come out, you know, and kill them. So anyway, we got to talk about Waco. We got coronavirus, coronavirus, and uh, all kinds of other stuff. On we got to talk about day. Joe Biden. Oh, yes, that's right. A little bit of Joe Biden. Some he's sleepy, creepy Joe. If he now listen, the biggest problem has been, you know, he's had these accusations come out. And I think what the issue is, is he just doesn't remember <laughs> at all. And yeah. it's an honest, his honest regulation or recollection is I have no idea what happened literally last week. Yes. Why are you asking me about this? There, there's no way. But luckily, he doesn't have to ask those questions because no one's asking him any questions about this. Plus, if he just goes, like, if he uses the Clinton tactic, especially his voice, if he uses the Clinton voice and just said, ah, <laughs> never <laughs> had sexual relations sex with that woman, then that's all that needs to happen. And, you know, he'll get he'll get impeached during the... <laughs> Sam said, Sam said, did I just see a Johnny Cash coffee mug? Yes, you did. Just says cash right there. If you yeah. guys are watching live in the Patreon group, thank you for being there, hanging out with us. So, uh, yeah, to our, for, to our fiat currency. It's just because I love the Fed so much. Right. That's why I have this cup right here. That's patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty if you guys want to hang out with us. I got this at the Johnny Cash Museum down there in Nashville back when it was open. Huh. Nashville, back when Nashville was open. Right. So, not anymore. Like the whole city. The city. Yeah. Yeah. It, Remember back then. Well, a few housekeeping items before we dive into this, y'all. Um, like Nate said, patreon.com slash Liberty. If you want to get in on this live action, there's all kinds of pre-show stuff we did today. A lot of fun. We were talking about, again, the French version of Posse Camatatas. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying it like that. Comeostasis. Uh, if you guys want to get in <laughs> on all of this, then uh, that's patreon.com slash Liberty. Several of you uh, got in this weekend. I mean, that was... And we had a yeah. big pop in Patreon yeah. supporters over the yeah. weekend. I was it, pumped about it. It went up 30%. I know. I know. <laughs> Something like that. But anyway, <laughs> Patreon.com. The, the fastest growing Patreon group for Libertarian Liberty, Podcasts yeah, exactly. in Nashville yeah. that there is. So, so. that's Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. And then, Nate, you were talking about us trading all day. And uh, just to let you guys in on the secret, it's called Master mytrades.com mastermytrades.com and that's where you can go in to learn everything there is to know uh well everything Nate knows which is just about everything there is to know yeah. that's your native american name we've admitted that it's not everything it's not everything, there is to know no. but it's just, just about, about everything so yeah. if you guys go to mastermytrades.com sign up we just had another sign up today i just saw it come across the mild phone so sign up get learning now if we could only get nothing. that pesky website to give us the money yeah, one day. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. We're in, we're waging a battle, a yes. courageous battle. Yeah, it's not cancer or anything. We're not fighting cancer. No, but we're waging a courageous battle against these uh, these the, e the evil SEC. Yeah. Now they have no problem taking our money. No. Yeah. There's no. They're not doing anything. It's and I. It's anyway. not even voluntarily. I don't want them to take my money. Right. But 
But apparently, if you make a trading class, they can decide whether or not other people can freely give you money. We got a lot of people signed up for this class. Hey, guys, don't worry about this message, by the way. There's tons of videos on this class that you can go and grab. We've just been frustrated so far with the regulation that we were not. Uh, actually, they hadn't even cited the regulation to us yet. Uh, you asked them. Yeah. And we can't get it yet. They've just said, no, you can't. You just can't do this. Yeah, and I was like, well, can you point me to the reference? She was like, I think it was a she, but she was, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, use the wrong pronoun here uh, when I'm trying to get some money. She was like, oh, we just kindly ask that you do. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'll kindly ask you not to. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get to a COVID watch so we can talk about Detroit. Old Motor City, you know, Old Motor City. They've got a lot of good things going on up there, mainly Mainly poverty. A lot of COVID. But anyway. A lot. The U.S. now stands at over a million cases. 1,022,000 cases, 11,000, almost 12,000 added today. A little over 1,000 deaths. Now, that's because we're testing a lot more people. We're up to almost 6 million tests. That's 175 deaths. I'm sorry. That's 3,000 tests per million population. We're running at 175 deaths per million, which Compared to all of our European compatriots, uh, we're less, a lot less, besides Germany. Germany's the only one that's really beaten us. Um, all the other people, a lot higher, uh, especially China, uh, if we could ever get their real numbers. I, I, you know, I was watching the update the other day because what, what better TV is there than the Task Force update? Let me tell you, that that's, stuff is riveting. If you, it's the newest it's actually, reality show on it's TV. It's really good. <laughs> I mean, they're getting five to ten million people watching this thing every single day, and I know why because that, that's reality TV if I've ever seen it. Uh, but anyway, that's something like forty. China's numbers really are forty to fifty times higher, forty to fifty times higher, uh, which is uh, you know more. Which is more. Yeah, yeah. Not more than the U.S. technically, but uh, more than what they've reported. And so that just goes to show you, governments and their states what they'll do. But anyway, Nate, tell me what's happening over there in Detroit land. Well, here's what's going on in Detroit. Now, we have, you know, we prefaced this earlier in the podcast talking about testing. Did you say how many tests we've had so far, Charlie, on that, on that watch? Almost 6 million. 6 million tests. Now, that's yeah. quite a few. 5.782. That's a lot Total of tests. tests. Yeah. So, here's the idea. Now, I pulled this from a, a tweet from Hillary Clinton. She tweeted, where are, I th what did she say? Where, she said like, where are the damn tests or something like that? Posting this article right here. Yeah. And so the, the idea that you're supposed to get from this and this other article that we covered a couple days ago, where we talked about that guy who uh, wasn't tested and then he ended up dying, you know, cause he went there to work on the computer systems at the hospital. And now we have another story here. Well, this person didn't get a test and she had to wait way too long, and then she ended up dying from coronavirus, which is sad. I don't want anyone to die from coronavirus. No one. Yes. Zero. Today it stops. I'm now. actually in agreement with you on that one. I'm glad we agree, yeah. for sure. So this idea is that people are dying because we don't have adequate testing supplies. And that would only be true. That would only be true. If there were, in fact, a treatment for coronavirus, which there is not a treatment, and literally, the, you'll start with the first line of that article from a couple days ago where the person's family said, we believe if he would have been tested sooner, then he would be alive today. 
And I'm sorry. I'm sad for you. But on what grounds do you believe that if someone got tested sooner that they would be alive today? Seriously. What, what is the basis for that argument? Yeah. I really want to know. Right now they're saying there's no, there's no antiviral, antiviral medication is recommended to treat COVID-19. And there's no cure available for, available for COVID-19. Yeah. There is technically treatment. So what, what they do when you have it, like if you test positive for it and you're not short of breath, they tell you to go home and get some rest. And they say if you become short of breath, come back in and we'll stick a tube down your throat and we'll help you breathe. Is that different from being short of breath, uh, you know, having trouble breathing at any other time? No, I mean, they might think you have heart problems potentially yeah. any other time. But if you test positive for COVID and then you're short of breath, your treatment is basically oxygen until you still can't breathe and then they'll, they'll put you on a ventilator. But what I'm saying That's is the only treatment is there's no medication is low oxy- oxygenation levels. Is that treated differently if it's COVID-19 versus you go in and your oxygen's at 85 and you go in and it's not coronavirus and your oxygen's at 85? No. Is there just the special coronavirus oxygen that they're giving people? Nope. Okay. So this is the confusing part because this idea is that we don't have the testing. Now, this is also going to bring this close to home for us once we go through this article. Detroit healthcare worker dies after being denied coronavirus test four times, daughter says. This is from NBC News. Ka- let's see. Is it Kyla? Ka- Kayla? Kayla, maybe? Kayla? Maybe it's just Kayla. These people and their weird spellings. I'm sorry. Carruthers said that when she thinks of her mother, Deborah Gatewood, there is one thought that lingers. This did not have to happen this way. We could have known sooner. We, if we would have <laughs> known sooner. Oh, I'm sorry, Ka- Kayla. I'm sorry, but there's nothing that gets done if you know sooner. Literally, my sister just tested positive for coronavirus. You know what they did? Go home quarantine if you get bad come back there's your treatment right there Mm -hmm. if you get sick and you can't breathe then come back and we're going to treat you like anyone else who can't breathe when you come in that's it okay so deborah gatewood had two years to go before she could retire from a detroit hospital but gatewood a medical term for three decades that's a phlebotomist 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 for three decades will never celebrate that milestone they're the ones that draw your blood man oh okay gotcha they come in and stick you she died april 17th from symptoms related to the coronavirus do you guys realize what symptoms could be related to the coronavirus fever fever cough Pneumonia. Sore sore throat. Do you guys realize that anyone who dies from the flu died from symptoms related to the coronavirus? True. Literally. They could be third cousins and their symptoms related to the coronavirus. So they're not even saying that she died from the coronavirus. Just so we know. Just to clear that up. Her daughter said that prior to her mother's death, she was denied a coronavirus test four times by her employer. About... Beaumont Hospital, Farmington Hills. The hospital told NBC News in a statement, as patients come to Beaumont for care during this pandemic, we are doing everything we can to evaluate evaluate triage and care for patients based on the information we know at the time. We grieve the loss of any patient to COVID-19 or any other illness. Yeah, any other illness. That's, we, yeah, that's th- important, that, too. That hospital's against death, too. They that's weird. They built a whole business. I wish more hospitals would be against yeah. death. That's really been 
The major problem, Beaumont did not detail how the hospital determines who is screened for the coronavirus. Charlie, can you tell me how they determine who's screened for the coronavirus? Yeah, there's a thing called triage. That's what happens. You have a triage nurse, typically, or maybe a team. Uh, you come in with symptoms of an illness or uh, some type of injury or something like that. And what they do is they assess you based on your temperature and your, your vital signs and some different things that you tell them, hey, this is what happened or this is what's been happening. And they give you basically a score and they say, ah, you're either actively dying or you're not actively dying. And we will get to you when we get done taking care of the actively dying people. Yeah. And that's triage, basically. And, the, you know, people come in the ER upset all the time about these wait times. They come in and they're like, oh, they expect to get seen right away. It's like, do you realize there might be 20 people back there that could like they're literally dying? That's what the emergency room is for. Emergency. I don't know why the merge is so. I don't want to put so much root, emphasis on it. The root word, but it's, is merge. I guess it's, I don't know. It's an emergency room, and so what happens is, is people on the brink of death, which most hospitals are against. Last time I checked, the people that are on the brink of death, they're treating those people, and they're saying, "Hey, you know, we got to take care of the ones that are like literally. If we mm-hmm. don't do something right now, they're going to die. Well, you have a slight fever." And a sore throat and some cough and could be could be serious in a couple of days. But right now you're not going to die within the next hour. Well, so. the, the important part to realize here is I think people for some reason compare this with the idea like with cancer. You know, with cancer, you could say it's OK. We caught it early. And then you'd be like, OK, my my chances are higher because we caught it early. That doesn't exist with coronavirus right now. That is not the case. There is no, oh, you're going to be fine. We caught it early. Because you don't do anything when you test positive for coronavirus. Anything different than if you thought you had the flu or you thought you had some other illness, you're going to quarantine, you're going to try to not get other people sick, and that's it. But they've got this idea in their head, that this we caught it early idea, and you have higher chances of living. It's, it's just simply not the case when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, sorry. Okay, let me keep going through here. Better get tested before you die. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Hospitals in states across the country have reported a shortage of swabs and other supplies needed for coronavirus testing kits, as well as delays in securing test results. You know what we should do? We should force them to be nonprofit. That way we can get more of them. Well, and look, if New York is any example, you don't need to test positive for coronavirus to die of coronavirus. You don't. Yeah. No. The symptoms are the same. For everyone. It's, now, now some people are having diarrhea and other people aren't. That's like the only difference. According everyone to the toilet else. paper aisle, there's a lot of people having diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. So Gatewood, 63, drove herself to the hospital's emergency room in Farmington Hills on March 18th, where she re- requested a test and was sent home. They said she wasn't severe enough and that they weren't going to test her, said Carruthers, Gatewood's only child. They told her just to go home and rest. That's if she would have tested positive for the coronavirus they still would have told her to go home and rest yes okay this is frustrating you guys can hear it in my voice mm-hmm. i'm not really that mad this is just just really frustrating gatewood went back to the hospital march 19th by which time she had developed a cough her daughter said so they gave her a prescription for cough medicine the nerve cough medicine <sighs> Carruthers said in a phone interview friday her mother's symptoms worsened Gatewood drove to the hospital again 
March 21st, because her fever had spiked, Carruthers said. On that visit, she said her mother was told that she most likely had COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus, but was still not tested. They were still acting as if she had coronavirus at that time, and nothing changed. Nothing would have changed if she would have had a coronavirus test. Nothing whatsoever. Okay, I don't know if I have to say that after every single paragraph, but I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, just because you test positive doesn't mean they're going to admit you. No, yeah. you, you gotta. You need to. You need to be on oxygen, basically, for mm-hmm. them to be admitting you at that time. It's just. This is ridiculous. Gatewood went to the hospital for the last time on March 23rd. On March 27th, Carruthers went to her mother's house and found her in bed. She was not responding when Carruthers called her name. Now, she got bad enough between March 23rd, where apparently she wasn't bad enough for them to keep her or put her on a ventilator or anything like that, and then she died four days later. No, she didn't. Oh, I'm so, well, I thought she just said they, they found her non-responsive. Yeah. I thought that meant she was dead. No, but they're going to take her to another hospital. So she decided to take her mother. I should read the rest <laughs> of the article. Who lost her appetite to another hospital. My husband and I got her ready. Crowther said I was taking her. it was taking her a long time to catch her breath to take any steps. Now, okay, now's the time you go to the hospital. Because this is the only time that they can yeah. do anything for coronavirus. And it's not something for coronavirus. It's to try and help your lungs get through this terrible, awful time. And that's all it is. That's, that's all they can do. As they approached the door to leave, Gatewood collapsed. Her eyes kind of rolled back. Crowther said she was unresponsive. We got her back to the bed and laid her down. Gatewood was taken by ambulance to uh, Sinai Grace Hospital, where she was tested for the coronavirus. She had a fever of 106 degrees. She had developed bilateral pneumonia and was intubated for more than two weeks, her daughter said. Gatewood's kidneys began to fail, then her heart. On April 17th, she was declared dead. Now, this is a sad story. It's, it's sad. a very sad story. I hate this. This is now, terrible. What I don't understand is sometime between March 23rd and March 27th, her systems, her symptoms got worse. You know, why Why did she not go back to the hospital or did her children check on her knowing she was sick or anything like that? Anytime between March 23rd and March 27th. You know, why, why did it take until, why did it take those four days when she was instructed to go home and rest and if symptoms worsened to return? And then she was laying in bed with a 106-degree fever. Right. Like, there's, I mean, I, I'm not saying she didn't take Tylenol, ibuprofen, anything like that, that she didn't have a thermometer, anything like that. But last time I'll say it, people have to realize there was nothing that anyone could do, could do until, geez, <coughs> I got a frog in my throat. <laughs> there was nothing that anyone could do until she got to the point that she needed oxygen or a ventilator. And that's about it. Or they could have cooled her down if they would have known that she had a 106-degree fever. They could have cooled her down. But that's it. That's literally it. That's all they can do. That's why this is a problem, people. By the way, this is not a problem because we don't have tests. This is a problem because if you have a test, there's nothing they can do for it. That's Mm -hmm. why people are worried about it. Okay? So there's a couple sides of this. One, this lady worked in a hospital. Okay? I she was near retirement, so she you know she was above 60 probably. More than likely. Yeah. So very high risk. It's, she might have had other comorbidities. We we'd, yeah, we don't know what her pre-existing conditions she were. She could have been black. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a comorbidity <laughs> according to AOC. Yeah, we covered that. Said. We covered that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so they had to take that into account. But I happen to believe if you are going to be giving out tests and trying to see who is sick— I do think that healthcare workers, people who are going to be taking care of other sick people, 
could potentially be higher up on the list yeah. for people who are going to get tests. Well, it took us three weeks to get a test. Yeah. You know, even though my, my girlfriend is an emergency room nurse with known exposure and had fever for a long time, they came back negative. But they, they told us the same thing. Like, we weren't worried unless either one of us got short of breath. Like, we weren't worried about it. it we, we felt terrible, but it could have been anything. And turns out all the tests we took were negative. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether the test was three weeks after symptoms started or not. You know, you needed the tests for the people who presented with the shortness of breath who needed the ventilators right away. That's what you need because yeah. because what happens is is when you intubate somebody, then that virus becomes airborne for a while. So you need to know that that person has it when you intubate them so you can put them in a negative pressure room or make sure that, you know, the proper PE and all that is is um, is on while you're in that room. It's just I'm worried that people don't know what a ventilator is potentially. I think they think it's like a treatment for coronavirus, and that that's not what it is. No. It's, it, like it helps you your have, lungs when your lungs aren't working anymore. They're filled with fluid. It's going to get oxygen into your body. It's going to just well, force oxygen into your body. You've been on a ventilator. I have. Yeah. yeah. When you have surgery and you're under general anesthesia, I mean, they paralyze you to the point where your diaphragm doesn't work anymore. So they have to. They put you on a ventilator to to so you breathe when you're in surgery. Um, so anybody that's had surgery that's been under general anesthesia, you've been on a ventilator before. Um, now they it's a little bit different. Um, the settings are a little bit different, but it's still the same functionality. There's this thing called a PIP, um, which is the pressure that they use, and there's certain settings for not that. like prices and forex trading. No, no, not that no, kind of PIP. Not, not that okay. kind of PIP. All right, it's a different PIP. Okay, but it's, it's all about mm -hmm. pressure. Um, because they also have to, they have to pressurize your lungs to inflate them a certain amount and deflate them a certain amount. Because there's times where, this is a little, I guess, biology for you guys. Uh, but but how you breathe anyway, your lung is filled with these tiny little microscopic sacs called alveoli. And the problem when you have fluid buildup or anything else, or if you're um, having surgery or something like that, well under the pressure of the fluid and other things, your alveoli can collapse. And if they collapse and they no longer can take in air because that's what actually takes in the oxygen. Um, let me know if I bore you to death here. I'm already so, checked out. So what they do is they have to have a certain pressure setting to keep those alveoli um, expanded so that they don't collapse under the, the pressure and things like that. And so that's why these ventilators are very important when you can't breathe. <clears throat> Yeah. Anyway, I learn something new every day. More ventilators. Sometimes, sometimes it's boring, but so the the just overall, you guys get the idea. The frustrating part of this is this narrative, basically, that if we had more tests, then then people would be able to get treated early for the coronavirus, and that's simply not the case. That's a that's a political narrative. That's that's all it is. And you're seeing they're trying to latch on to something. Now, listen, we are critical of Trump anytime we think he deserves it, but they're trying to find something right now where they can blame each death on Trump. And since the CDC botched the testing and he had proposed a budget cut for the CDC, then they can tie this lack of tests and the fact that he is in control of the government to Trump. And so now it's all about testing. That's all you hear about. Never mind that the virus came from China. Yeah. They they are literally skewing their numbers on purpose. They didn't quarantine their people properly. They allowed people to travel having the virus. They knew about it long before and didn't communicate. 
And somehow it's it's still all Trump's fault. It's all his fault. It's the president's fault. Yeah. All that, these people died because of him. And so that's why, you know, it just drives me nuts because we could at least be truthful and honest about all of this. And this is a serious time where people are dying. It's always serious when people are dying. And this is something that people are dying from. And it's it's just being used for politics. Once again, that's all it is. It's just being used for politics. And that's it's very frustrating. And it's the whole never let a crisis, never let a good crisis go to waste. That is literally the mantra that almost everyone in politics works by mm-hmm. at all times. And it, it gets really, really annoying and and dangerous. And it's just smart to uh, – you would think that it would be common sense to know that a test does nothing. The name of this episode is something like a test is not a cure, and it's not. You get tested. You test positive. If you don't have serious symptoms, they tell you to go home, and that's it. Guess what? If you have a cough, they'll probably give you some cough medicine to alleviate your cough. There's just nothing that they're going to do, and that's why this is a serious thing because there is nothing that we can do for it. So I I do not understand – I, I don't understand how so many people can go down this road of thinking that because we don't have adequate testing, that's why people are dying. The only way that more tests would save lives is if we knew more often that someone was sick with the coronavirus and they didn't go infect other people. And so there is a higher percentage chance that as they go out and they infect other people with this virus, that statistically, you know, uh, uh, two out of every hundred of them might end up dying. And so a test could save a life only in the fact that it could stop you from going out and infecting other people. But a test does not help you if you are sick with coronavirus. And that that's all I have to say about that. That's all I got to say so about that. Tell me about Joseph R. Biden. <clears throat> well, you know, speaking of the what the what the left, what the liberal media is doing, let's say. Now, like look, we're no right-wing conspiracist here. You have to talk about UFOs here in a minute, but but, yeah, (laughs) not a good time for that. Yeah, (laughs) but look, it's not hard to tell uh, what the media is doing here, and they are just literally not discussing Joe Biden now and and the accusations against him by what what appears to be now a very uh, solid accusation from Tara Reid. Now everyone is innocent until proven guilty. We believe that for you know more than anything. But the interesting thing about this is, uh, especially I was watching some coverage last night, is CNN put out about 180 articles against Brett Kavanaugh, and they have yet to even hardly cover. Not even I don't even think there's been one article out of CNN. Now we wrote we read an article out of the New York Times that seemed to, and I remember remember when I read this to you guys, there was a line in there about how Trump was worse. Yeah, like yeah, okay. Biden may have done something. We can't prove it, but don't forget Trump was worse. Because I'm sure in those Kavanaugh <laughs> articles, they were like, well, but Bill Clinton was worse. Right. You know, that's yeah. not what they were saying. Exactly. So now there's been some interesting developments in this accusation because it turns out that in 1993, Tara Reid's mother called Larry King live on CNN. Wow. And said, hey, you know, I know someone who, and it was about sexual assault. They were calling in about this stuff. And they said, hey, I know someone, uh, but she works for a prominent senator and she can't really tell her story. And, you know, what do we do about that or whatever? And so now this is being played. Also, I just found that uh, Joe Biden supporter Alyssa Milano changes tune. Mm. She changes her tune mm-hmm. on, on the accuser Tara Reid amid new developments. So Alyssa Milano tweets out, 
I'm aware of the new developments in Tara Reid's accusation against Joe Biden. I want Tara, like every other survivor, to have the space to be heard and seen without being used as fodder, except for when I did earlier, except for when I did a couple weeks ago. Now, yeah. I hear and see you, Tara. She well, just look. called her a survivor of what? Yeah. I hear and see you, Tara. Hashtag me too. It's like what? You are the most inconsistent person, and what? this is the problem with with the media. They are so inconsistent and so they are so one sided. It's absolutely unbelievable. Which is explains why our numbers are going up because we we actually don't take either side. It's not it's not a right versus a left issue or or a red versus blue issue for us. It's a what are the facts, and then proceed from there. That's it. And you have to take these types of allegations uh, seriously. Even in the Brett Kavanaugh case, you take them seriously. You do the investigation, which they did, by the way. And it turns out they couldn't find any evidence that supported Brett Kavanaugh being a sexual assault, uh, being a being perpetrator. A, a perpetrator. Now they didn't storm his house with you know unwavering force or anything. Right. You know, it's not like they did that. Now, as these as these developments start to happen against Joe Biden, the 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 media is silent. They're basically silent. I've seen articles from, you know, Business Insider and Fox News, but nothing from MSNBC, uh, uh, NBC, ABC, or CNN. They're just silent. It's not like front page news or anything. And they're getting a pass because we're in this, we're among this, or we're in this pandemic. And so there's kind of a pass given to them saying, oh, well, you have more important things to cover. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas I I guarantee you, if, if Trump had an accuser right now, it would overtake the coronavirus updates, I guarantee you. But anyway, this coming from Fox News. The uh, Biden accuser, Tara Reid, calls out media potential dim VP picks for their silence on her accusations. And this has been the whole problem with the with the left media right now is the silence. The woman who has accused Joe Biden of sexual assault in the early 1990s is calling out the media and several politicians being considered to join the former vice president on the 2020 ticket for protecting a powerful man while attempting to silence her in the process. Quote, I'd like my history with Biden to be examined in a dignified way that's not slanted by political bias or um, sensationalized. I'd like a deeper conversation about the fact that sexual harassment and sexual assault do not have a political party agenda, Tara Reid told Fox News in an interview Saturday. It's an equal opportunity offender. Well, duh. It doesn't see color or race or political affiliation or height or weight or anything like that. It is an equal opportunity offender. There are Democratic offenders as well as Republican offenders, and I'm sure independent and Green Party. And for that matter, Libertarian and Constitutional or any other party. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter what your party affiliation is, and it shouldn't as far as the media coverage regarding claims, which is true. Reed, a former staffer for the then-Delaware senator, pointed to the favorable reporting on Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who came forward in 2018 during the confirmation of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh and accused him of alleged assault that took place in the 1980s. Kavanaugh vehemently denied the allegations that were leveled against him at the time. Blasey Ford, because it was a conservative candidate they were going to put in the Supreme Court, was treated with much more deference by most of the media outlets, although her experience was difficult as well. And she received threats and received her own pain, Reed said. I've basically had no substantial, uh, substan- I've ha- basically had no substantive report support from women's groups that are considered liberal or democratic. I've had no support from any democratic candidate, although I've reached out. 
and I've received either slanted reporting that ended up being talking points for Biden's campaign or silence from the mainstream media. So that's my contention and my concern. And she's absolutely right. As you guys pay attention to what's going on, it's actually, I don't know if amazing is the right word, but it's just unbelievable how they get away with things like this. So Reid, a lifelong Democrat, later called out the politicians on Biden's VP shortlist over their silence on her assault claim, including Senator Kamala Harris, uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, and Senator Elizabeth Warren, who she had supported for president during the Democratic primary before supporting Senator Bernie Sanders. Quote, what I'd like to say to the slanted reporting where they are admitting details, where they are not investigating corro- uh, corroborating testimony, and I would like to say to them at this point, and some of the silence from, from some of the candidates, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, Ward Warren, that at this point, if you continue to silence me, if you continue to engage in protecting a powerful man without giving my case a closer look, you are complicit in rape. Amen, sister. Mm. Tell him, girl. Mm. She mm. later added, quote, and nothing's going to change, and I'm already taking heat, so you know you can put the heat on me. I'm the one who's saying it. They can call me crazy or whatever. So Melissa, Alyssa Milano, believe all women until we don't. And then now she's going to recant that and say that I hear you, Tara. I blasted you before, but now I'm here for you. It's just so <laughs> it's just so insane to me. And and that's that's the the real problem here. That's why I was asking, you know, she called Tara Reed a survivor. And so what I would have to ask is what does she mean? A survivor of what? If she's saying that she's a survivor then that means that her story is true. And therefore, Alyssa Milano is supporting someone who has a history of a true sexual assault. And I just can't figure out, I don't know. I'm having a hard time figuring out how this makes any sense, how it's uh, you know really logical whatsoever, whether or not this is principled in any way. And the reason I'm having a hard time figuring that out is because there isn't any. That's why. That's why I can't figure it out, mm-hmm. uh, because there isn't any principle behind this. It's all politics. That's really all it is, completely. So it's just very frustrating. And, uh, you know, hopefully they do some type of an, of an investigation. Listen, I'm not saying that Biden is is guilty of this. I, I have no idea. I have no idea whatsoever. So uh, I'm not saying that Biden is guilty of this, but they need to treat this like they treat any allegation and look into it. And people should know the truth. Unfortunately, if the media is not interested in knowing the truth because it hurts their political candidate, then it's just not going to work. It's just simply ain't going to work, man. Think about this for a second. Let's say the Democrats are not going to be able to hide from this. They're not going to be able to bury this story because there's way too much social media. There's too much. There's too much media right now. They're not going to be able to bury this like they want. And so Joe Biden is going to have to resign from the nominee. Does that mean Bernie Sanders unsuspends his campaign <laughs> and becomes the Democratic nominee for I president? Mean, you know, I, I kind of hope that happens because that would really help BernieLies.com get back on track again. <laughs> you know, the numbers have definitely fallen off for, for BernieLies.com. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying I would be really against that. We never really made a BidenLies.com. You're so greedy, man. I know. That's really it. And if you are, if you want Trump to win the election, well, you want Trump to be running against Bernie Sanders, not Joe Biden. So, and that's the that's the political nature of this. That's why one, they don't want to take it seriously. They don't want to talk about it because they know that they know that Bernie can't beat Trump. 
and uh, they want Biden to be the nominee because he's probably the only person that has a chance. So that they're just taking this politically, and and that's really it. So I don't know, man. It's uh, let's go through now. This is very very serious. This you is want crazy. to talk about Waco first? Oh yeah, tell me about what you thought about Waco. Real yeah, quick. so if you guys haven't seen it, as Nate mentioned, go go watch Waco, which is a story about a a weird compound, by the way. Like no holds bar. It's it's a very weird situation. It was a weird commune. Um, now you are free to be in a commune if you want to. That's that's the greatest thing about this country. Well, apparently, you used to be able to until this until this happened. But but there was basically you could call it a cult um, that was led by this uh by this messiah called himself the lamb of god let's say and uh essentially he he led this cult and they were basically turning uh their crime let's say in the state of texas was there was suspicion that they were changing uh semi-automatic uh guns into fully automatic guns and then selling them um and so that crime you can't do that unless you have a 25 dollar permit uh, which they did not have. And so the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, wonderful division of the federal government, um, they attained a search warrant and arrest warrants for David Koresh, who was the leader, and other people. But what the ATF ended up doing was they basically surrounded the compound. And you know, you know how they do these no-knock raids and all of this stuff? Um, and essentially they, they sent, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 agents out there quite a few to serve this search warrant and according to the story the guy david comes out to say hey i'm here and uh the shooting ensues and of course the government blames the compound the compound blames the government but all this to say what's the most upsetting about this is that the government's allowed to do these types of things anyway now look whether or not you agree with the compound or whether or not you agree with a commune and what they were doing, which there are several things that I disagree with what they were doing. Like I, I disagree with a lot of the things they were doing, but the question is, were they really harming anyone? Were, were they, was any, was anyone's lives in danger or any rights being violated? There were a few rights being violated in there. I'm not saying that like the 14 year old girl shouldn't have been protected and things like that. I agree. Um, but as the radio announcer down in Dallas who covered a lot of this story, at least in, in, in the show, they show him covering a lot of this story, was that you don't have a problem with the, – the, your real issue is with Texas law because you're allowed to marry a 14-year-old if you have parents' permission. And so that, that whole kind of sick, twisted thing happened or, you know, whatever. Re regardless of those types of feelings, um, just like making a murderer. I mean, the guy probably did it, but what you have to look at is like – should the government be allowed to do these types of things? Should the government be allowed to fight U.S. citizens with tanks and military-grade weapons, weapons of war, let's say, against United States citizens? And part of this, you know, we were making a joke about Posse Comitatas, but uh, the Posse Comitatas <laughs> Act uh, was signed into law on in 1878. Now, it specifically says that it limits the powers of the federal government to using federal military personnel to enforce domestic policies within the United States. So, uh, and it specifically was the United States army. You're not allowed to use the army to enforce the laws in the United States. And of course the air force was amended to that. And then the Navy and the Marines also have, uh, similar regulations. Um, 
But the the problem with this is can then in defiance of this act can the federal government or any uh, government agency for that matter any law enforcement type agency act as if they're a military style agency against United States citizens and the problem in this specific situation that made me so angry was they used you know tanks and before the show I brought up the thing about you know assault rifles it's like okay well should the government be allowed if 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 you know AR15s are weapons of war so to speak as a liberal uh, as a left likes to call them should the government be allowed to use those on american citizens you know and and those types of things should they be allowed to use tanks and tear gas and things that would be illegal to use on terrorists to use on american citizens and then somehow the government finds finds itself innocent I, I watched this all night last night, literally every, all six episodes from like, I don't know. It was like till one in the morning. I couldn't stop watching and I was just so <laughs> angry. And this is not the first time this type of thing has happened. This happened. This has happened several times throughout history. Yeah. This, this one's pretty frustrating. You said posse comitatus. Now that was originally what? 1878. That's right. From a uh, Rutherford, Rutherford B. Hayes. So, you said it was later changed to allow for the air force as well. So for, or, or to restrict, bar, the, air restrict the air force as well. And when, when was that? Did you, did you see when that was? That was in the fifties, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. 1956, it was amended. You just have to ask what the actual idea was behind that. And the actual idea, it really didn't have anything with blocking the army specifically. In my opinion, my assumption would be if you were to take the, the actual idea behind a law like that, did it have to really do with the army being just barring them? But if you form all types of other federal agencies that all have their own SWAT teams and military forces, then it's totally okay for all of them to do it. And so I would, I would immediately say that this is not something that would be constitutional or at least in line with the founding fathers. They wouldn't want to do this. And then also in line with that 1878 uh, law or act or whatever it was that was passed, I would say that wouldn't really match up with it if you went with the original idea of it. And the disgusting part of this was what you said, which is what did these people do to warrant 76 of them, 78 of them being killed in this? 25 of them children. 25 of them being children. And uh, listen, I know this happened back in 1993. We're a little behind on this story. Okay, but the but the show is trending number three on Netflix right now, so it is it's relevant for the time right now. And the principles remain true. Yeah, the principle is still true. So so and this can still happen today. It can happen can happen anywhere. So this is something that really bothers me because you're talking about us not being able to have those weapons, but the entire reason that we're supposed to be able to have those weapons is because we are supposed to be able to fight off a, a tyrannical government. That's the entire reason. And so then they come in with a full show of force, including tanks and tear gas, things that are literally we can't even use overseas, like different <laughs> chemical, chemical warfare on people, which we can't do, by the way. And it's, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to see. And... Just to preface, just so we are being as honest as possible, I none of us know exactly what happened there. This uh, TV show was made 
based on two books. Two books. That were written by f- Branch Davidians slash people who survived this that were Branch Davidians, so the people that were in the compound, and that's what this was based on. So, you know, take take from that what you will. You know, we just have to understand there could be a little bit of bias in the TV show, just a little bit. But it was, if you guys have not watched it, Seriously, you'll end up binging the entire all six episodes. You'll do it. I knew Charlie. I knew Charlie once he started that he was going to watch the whole thing. So it's pretty crazy. Literally nothing else I could do. I'm on. There's no. There were no other options really at all. I'm on my second time uh, through it right now, and I'm I'm catching stuff. There are some hilarious things like when they announce basically that everyone has to be uh, celibate in the compound. Except for the main except, guy. Yeah, except for him. And he says, I've assumed the burden of sex for yes. everyone. <laughs> and my wife and I just started busting out laughing. He's assumed the burden. I've assumed the burden of sex for everyone. Okay? Well, remember that, sorry for the spoilers, but remember <laughs> that one time he stops yeah, in the middle yeah. of it? He goes, I started to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's like, my bad. My bad. My bad. I, I, can't I started keep enjoying going. it. We have to stop. <laughs> we have to stop. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. So just a little bit more far right wing conspiracy. You know, this isn't really far right wing. This is an article. Well, from- I just let me say one thing about that is like, you know, people will say, oh, well, this is a crazy situation and these people were crazy and, you know, they deserved everything they got from the government. It's like until it happens to you, you know, like how how much tyranny do you allow and how far do you allow this to go until we have a militarized police state where when things like the pandemic happens, you're not allowed to leave your home or anything like that. You're not allowed to freely move or or anything like that, or you could be shot on sight, or or you could be gassed with tear gas or something like that, because it, it doesn't take much more tyranny for that to happen. No, you know, and so these types of things are very important. You have to protect rights based on principle, not what you think about the situation. Was was this whole commune pretty crazy? Probably, <laughs> they probably were, but the government isn't protecting you from anything. They're just showing their force. In fact, there was one. Great line from that from that film or from this series is when the lead um, tactical FBI unit, the, the lead guy for that who oversaw the tactical unit for that. Once the FBI took over from the ATF's mess up, um, he said the odds are five thousand to one. The odds are five thousand to one, five thousand citizens for every one law enforcement officer, five thousand to one. They look at it as a war. And he said the only way that that we make those odds work is that we show force, that we show that we, no matter what you do, we are more powerful than you. That is a problem that the government has that type, that they have that type of mentality where they have to do these kinds of things every decade or so, it seems like, to make sure you realize the force that they have and that you don't have a shot when in all reality – you have you always have a shot. You don't think the citizens of the United States could overthrow the government if they wanted to? A um, five thousand to one. Sam just mentioned the Bundy Ranch uh, yeah. thing was a good example of this. Great example. And, and luckily that ended fairly peacefully. You know, what didn't few, end with a bunch of people getting killed like this did. Uh, you know, dozens and dozens of people getting killed like Waco did. But that's a good example. A few people died though that shouldn't have. Yeah, when the you know that's and that's just a Bureau of Land Management. Bringing their SWAT teams over, you know, uh, you know, you end up teaching the wrong books in your homeschool, and the Department of Education is going to bring their SWAT team over to your house. You mm-hmm. know, you got to be careful out there. 
trying to be free, folks. It's dangerous. But unfortunately, it's only dangerous because of the government. It's not really that dangerous because everyone else. So, yeah, pretty uh, frustrating series. Um, but I'm glad it was made. I'm, I'm glad that it's out there and that it's trending. I hope people take the right message from it. And that is that David Koresh was the Lamb of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what else you're supposed to take from yeah. that series, really, whatsoever. Well, look, you know, if you study the seven seals and, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we never got that manifesto written. Well, that was the problem. That was a, that that's was never, the biggest problem. Yeah, it was never written. I couldn't make it through his video. It was way too much <laughs> rambling. Just couldn't Did do it. Did you look it up? But no, no oh, I couldn't oh. do it. No. Um, so we got this crazy story. Listen, this is just cool to mention. You know, we talk a lot of politics, but this is actually out of Forbes, and I saw CBS post about it. This is an actual thing. The Pentagon has officially released UFO video footage. Now, UFO does not mean that it was aliens or anything like that. Obviously, it's an unidentified flying object. That's all we know. I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes. It's in the YouTube video for you guys watching. It's in the Patreon video uh, for anyone on the Patreon. I'm going to put a link to this. It's pretty crazy. So they, they've they unclassified some of these videos, and I just thought it was really interesting. I, when I first saw the, the story, my friend sent it to me, and I was like, oh, God, what website is this going to be from? You know, right Right is right. UFOs.org? .co slash you know, whatever kind of crazy stuff, like it's going to be some kind of crazy website. That was from Forbes. So uh, this is actually something that the Pentagon released. It says, here's why the Pentagon officially released UFO video footage. The Pentagon formally released three unclassified videos Monday taken by Navy pilots of unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, this video, I think, had already been out. This is just them officially making it unclassified now. A step that comes after years of progress towards government transparency surrounding unidentified flying objects. The videos, which were first published by the New York Times in 2017, I knew I'd seen them, show fast-moving oblong objects racing through the sky in a pilot in one video yelling, Look at that thing, dude. It's rotating. The Pentagon, which previously confirmed the veracity of the videos in 2019, said it formally released the footage after a thorough review, determined the videos do not reveal any sensitive information, and to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real. So they're letting you know this was real. This is real footage. So uh, where was that? Sue Go, a Defense Department spokeswoman, told CBS News. That's why they did it. One of the videos released shows an incident from 2004 in which Navy pilots encountered an object 40 feet long hovering about 50 feet above the water. According to the New York Times, the two other videos are from 2015 that show strange objects moving very quickly, one racing above the water, another rotating in midair. The videos were released after unauthorized leaks in 2007 and 2017. The release of the videos in the Times report on the experiences of Navy pilots who encountered the objects comes as government officials have sought to investigate and lend more transparency to the subject in recent years. Mm. So, Charlie, i got to ask you real quick. You believe in aliens? I don't know. I, I, you know, it's hard to imagine as vast as our galaxy is, uh, well, our universe, let's say, because there's hundreds of millions of galaxies inside of our, there's probably billions, we just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to imagine that we live on the only planet out of all that probability that has life. So there might be some other form of life out there. I don't know. It's possible. Maybe they figured out things better than we have. Yeah, my opinion on I, the map, mine is I, 
I don't know that they do or do not exist. I accept that it's possible, and yeah. that's it. I think anything is possible. Yeah. Like, literally anything. Because the more we discover, the more we realize we don't know very much. <laughs> we No. Like, we all of the information that's possible to know, like, we know hardly any of it. Not even, like, I don't even think we know 1%. So the science is not settled on this. No. No, it okay. would never be. I mean, think about... You know, if you watch um, some of the physicists and stuff talk and they, the, the new things they figure out about dark matter and, you know, black holes and all these different things. I mean, it's just unbelievable. We we just don't we literally I know, you know, just about everything there is to know. But what you know is nothing. It's literally nothing in the grand scheme of words can hurt. You know, life. come on, man. It, it's well, I'm just saying in the grand scheme of life, you know, nothing. We know nothing. True. We only know what we perceive as our most real reality. And so what I'm saying by all that, that sounds crazy to say, but you know, follow me. I'm the lamb of God. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is that, um, anything's possible. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things happening. Any, anything's possible. Yeah. I I think, I mean, it's a crazy video. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, go watch it. It's all over Twitter, all, all over the place today. So, uh, go, go check out that video. It, it is a crazy sight to see. Of course, it looks like it was recorded in 1972. I didn't realize it was 2004 and 2015. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it looks really, it's very grainy. But I guess they've confirmed that it is a real video, and they've officially unclassified it, declassified it. So, hey, you know, maybe there's bigger things to worry about out there. You know, we might be able to be under attack pretty soon. How do you build a border ceiling? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. When are we going to get that? That's a big wall, man. Yeah, we're going to need a border, a dome, really, yeah. over the U.S. to stop the illegal aliens from coming in yeah. without their passports. So that's, that's be what like, we got to worry about. They'll be like space balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know how they have the, the seal around their planet. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, that just, you know what? We're, we're very small. In the grand scheme of things, we're just a little speck of dust. That's all we are. It, it really it's is. It's that old proverb from dust by rise <laughs> and dust thy return. Something like that. That's ex- yeah. That is the exact phrasing. Yeah, I believe that Actually, came from I, Siberia. I've seen people botch that a lot of times, but you <laughs> nailed it right there on yeah. the head for sure. Yeah, it's when I'm really frustrated or stressed out about things, to be honest with you, I've found it very de-stressing to go, not distressing, but de-stressing. To go and watch videos about the universe and listen to people talk about all the galaxies and the stars and think about how small you are. It, it, well, it just it puts everything in perspective. Like yeah. how big really is this? Yeah. You know how much bigger is the universe and the possibilities and and the you know just all the possibility out there. When I'm and, thinking about whether or not my life has any meaning, I go ahead and confirm I, that it does not. I confirm. Yeah. I go out and confirm that. Uh, you know, it's possible that I just don't, all my decisions don't mean anything. Yeah, and then you feel better. <laughs> there you go. You just feel better yeah. after that. Yeah, there you go. All men and women created by goal, you know the, you know the thing. Exactly. All men and women created equal except Tara Reid. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> except Tara Reid. That's what we should put in there. Yeah. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Charlie, you got anything else, man? That's it. I, I think we should end on the UFOs. Okay. Give people something to ponder about for tomorrow. We've been tracking this reversal right here. I've been showing it to the people in the live group. It is at a one point, uh, 1.6 to 1 return ratio right now. We typically look for a 2 to 1. Uh, so th- if you're interested in learning why I marked out this specific chart pattern right here and showed it to people, and this is a trade that we take, if you're interested in that, 
whatsoever. You can go to mastermytrades.com. You can learn about support and resistance levels. We talk about, you know, I, I equate it even to that Patrick Henry, Henry quote that you talk about, um, which is that my lamp only shows my feet in the history and stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's about, yeah, that's right. He wasn't all that smart. You know, we could probably say it better, but the lamp of history and that's the only way that you can go forward is by knowing history. And that is what you do in trading. You look at support and resistance levels, past prices. There's that two to one right there. That's good. That's good. Right there. Let me put that back in the live group. That's nice. So literally, it's just about his history. It's just about past prices and making projections on where you think it's going to go if it crosses a certain price level. And, and that's it. So in this on this website, we will teach you how to read a chart, what is a candlestick, how to use a charting platform, how to use a brokerage platform, how to manage your risk properly, all of these great things that you have to have, all these great things you have to have when you're trading, including the psychological aspect, which I can tell you is the most important. Anyone can learn how to do the analysis, managing your emotions. Now that is the most difficult part of trading. That's been my most difficult part because I'd never been confronted with emotions before. And so now I've had to learn how to manage that. You know, I'm just an evil, evil libertarian. I don't have to worry about <laughs> emotions ever, you know, just, just pure logic. And if you can apply your pure logic-driven analysis to the stock market, then I'm not saying you can make a lot of money, but the dollars that are in your account could go in and move in an upward direction. That was not a promise of any type it's just of get a possibility. Rich. It's just, there's just a possibility that that's what could happen. So go to mastermytrades.com if you're interested in that. Anything else, Charlie? What do you think? Well, you know, if you want to see this type of thing live, there's, uh, you know, there's some Patreon supporters and you can get in on that deal. It's just five bucks a month to become a supporter on Patreon and you support this show and everything that we're doing. We're bringing you guys the facts and the real stories that are happening in America and all across the world and apparently the universe with UFOs and everything. So all of this, you know, real life stuff that you guys want to get a part of, you can help support what we're doing here because we love coming and doing the show every single day. And so if you want to see the live, get some bonus content, get some extras, it's just five bucks a month. Go to patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. And then please share the show with a friend. Uh, you guys are doing that. And so I'm going to keep asking you to do it because uh, we really appreciate it. We know we're getting messages, all kinds of messages that we haven't, been as great as uh, responding to lately because we are getting a lot of them. And so I'm trying to go back through and, and respond to all of y'all. But uh, a lot of you hit us up and say, hey, we've been sharing the show, love the show, been sharing it, like really appreciate what you guys are doing to keep it up. And so uh, we really appreciate that feedback and we appreciate y'all sh sharing the show. So please continue to do that. Share it with uh, people, new people that you meet. Tell them about Liberty, man. It's the only way to live. Um, so if you guys do all of that, every single bit of it, then we'll be back again tomorrow on a hump day. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Libertas.